So this is a, a, really an update to a lesson I taught about five years ago. And uh, there's a reason why I decided to teach it tonight. And it's a little bit different from what we've been teaching on before. Um, but I think it's timely. Uh, the Bible says that uh, evil men and seducers would wax what? Worse and worse. The world is not going to get better and better because until Jesus reigns, they have rejected he who is the Prince of Peace. So we're going to be looking at tonight a study that I, I did about five years ago, and I'm going to give you a little bit of an update because some things are happening to, to bring that about. And it's called Babylon and the Gates of Hell. So if you could bring that up on the screen. Babylon and the gates of hell. Our, our, feet, our focus scripture is going to be from Revelation chapter 9 and verse 1. And it's during the time of the tribulation, we believe, and it says, The fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven onto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Amen. Now, when I say that we believe, we don't really know exactly when this sequence happens because one of the things about timing is that some of that is hidden to us. Jesus said we would know the season, but we wouldn't know the exact time and hour. So we're going to look at, at some of this tonight. And uh, as I said, there's a reason why I decided to do an update on this study because there's some things happen, happening in the news actually today that I thought uh, were interesting and had, a, had an application to this lesson. Amen. Now, we know that in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, there is no mention of the creation of hell. We know that at the end of Genesis 1, the Bible says that God looked on everything that he had made, and he pronounced it not just as good, but as what? Very good. In Genesis 1.31, it says, In the evening and the morning were the, were the end of the sixth day. And then it says God looked at everything he had done. So at the end of the sixth day, God looked on his creation, and it was in perfection. There was no rebellion. There was no uh, opposition. There was no uh, sin at the point of that creation. Creation, we are told, sorry, hell, we are told, was created not for us, but for what? The devil and his angels. So at the time at, of the finish of God's creation in Genesis 1.31, where there had not yet been a rebellion, there had not been yet the creation of hell, that's not recorded. It's not recorded specifically during the creation that God created hell because it was not something that was planned. Hell was a response to Satan's rebellion and disobedience. In Ezekiel it tells us when hell was created. Ezekiel 28, 18, it says, speaking about Satan, it says, Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore will I bring forth a fire from in the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all of them that behold thee. So hell was a re reaction to the rebellion of some of the, the creatures that God had created. In Matthew, he says that hell was created for the devil and his angels. The trouble is that he managed to get humankind involved in his rebellion when Adam and Eve disobeyed God and sinned and had to leave paradise, had to leave the Garden of Eden. And so we see that when hell was created, it was not at the beginning and, of course, Satan then changed from, from the creature that he had been created. The Bible says, you were perfect until iniquity was found in you. Amen. In Matthew 24, uh, 41, it says, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. That's who it was prepared for. And I believe it's in Isaiah. It says that hell hath enlarged herself. So we see that hell was never created for human beings. That was not what God's intent and purpose was. We were created to be in relationship with him, to be in communion with him. We were created originally to be in paradise with him. 
this month's this month's topic is about walking with God. And that's what Adam and Eve did. The Bible said that the voice of the Lord walked in the cool of the day. And, and I, I try and imagine what that would be like being in paradise. Because as I've said so many times, what could you be praying for? If you have everything, what could you be praying for? All you could be doing would be being thankful and grateful for the beauty that God has given. Imagine if we by faith could operate that way today. Just be thankful for what God has done for us. You may say, well, it's easy for you. Well, you don't know that because you're not in my shoes. Amen. But that's what God has called us to, to return to paradise. But we find that because of sin, hell was created. And of course, while we're in this life, we have this body, this vessel in which our soul resides. But at some point, because of the loss of the covering of God's Holy Spirit, this thing starts to age and decay. Amen. Anyone have a birthday coming up in this year still? You do. Okay. Oh, yes. Both of us. We're in the same month. In fact, you're the day after me, aren't you? Amen. Okay. So I can't forget your birthday. Amen. Amen. So every year this body is aging. As soon as you're born, it starts to age and, and, and decay. And we find so that the kingdom's entrance is when we die. When we die, our soul goes somewhere. Amen. Romans 5.13 says, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Until God codified and wrote it down, people were still doing wrong, were still breaking his rules, but it was not being accounted for. But still, because of the genetic defect that we had, sin reigned and sin brought forth death. In Genesis 5, it, it gives the ages, the genealogy of Adam going down and it always ends and he lived 920 years and had sons and daughters and then it always ends this way. And he died. And he died. Death entered and because of that, some, some, some of us lose loved ones. We, we look back and this year we can look back and especially in our church, of course, a few weeks ago, Sister Janice passed, but the good thing is at least we, we believe and know where she went. Amen. But Paul here is saying that until the law was codified, uh, sin was not imputed when there is no law. Romans 5.14 says, Nevertheless, people still died. From Adam to Moses, even over them, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. That means, okay, you didn't do exactly what Adam did or Eve did, but you've done other things. I've done other things. Amen. I have still sinned. I have fallen short of God's mercy and his grace so many times, but he, he, has, never, uh, he has never let me go. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it says, from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude or in the same manner, as Adam's transgression. Now speaking of Jesus he, and, and Adam, it's comparing them. It's saying, who is the figure of him that was to come? It's saying Adam was like a symbol of the one who was to come, who was Jesus. And you say, well, how could that be? How could Adam be a symbol or a figure of the one that was to come? And you, those of you who've been here any length of time know how I explain it. Because the Bible reveals to us in the New Testament, New Testament that Adam was not deceived. He knew that what Satan was saying was not true. But he had a choice. He could let Eve die or he could somehow, through being in relationship with her, save her life. Because he knew the plan of God was to be fruitful and do what? multiply, right? And so he, he pursued and, and took the fruit even though knowing it was not God's plan. In other words, he took upon himself Eve's sin. That's how he's a model of Jesus because Jesus, knowing how we were, what did he do? He who knew no sin became sin. This is how it says is after the similitude of Adam's transgression who is the figure or type of him who was to come. 
Now, in Scripture, it uses a lot of types and symbols. And when it speaks about Babylon, it's speaking figuratively of the literal kingdom of Babylon, but also of the power that was behind the throne of Babylon, who was really Satan. Once Adam and Eve disobeyed God, they yielded their rulership of this planet over to Satan. The scripture says, to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you become, you are. So once you start obeying someone, you might as well be their slave. If you're going to do everything they say, then they have power over you. So although Adam and Eve were given control of this earth or in, and were to be the heirs, by obeying Satan, they defaulted their right to rule. So he became the real power behind the throne. And we see that it's speaking about this in Isaiah chapter 14 and 12. It says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. He has always wanted to be God. And that's the deceit that he told Eve. You eat of this and you too can be like God. He always appeals to our pride. Did you know that? And us human beings, we, we just lick it up. We just love people telling us how wonderful we are. And that's why I'm trying to be very careful about that. I try and be very careful because it is so easy. It just, it just, it just flows with our nature. We just like to be told how wonderful and talented and beautiful and handsome and, and all of the rest. It just feeds us. We, we love that. And Satan wanted to be God. He told Eve, all you had to do was do this and you can be as smart as God. He said, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. See, that was his plan. But the scriptures, verse 15 says, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Amen. So in the book of Isaiah, especially in chapter 14, in that chapter, God is speaking through the prophet to the literal king of Babylon, but also it changes midway and it starts to speak to the power behind the throne, the person who was pulling his strings. In Isaiah 14, 14 4, it says this, Thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon. Babylon, just like the symbology of Egypt, represents sin. Egypt represents sin where we started from. Babylon actually represents hell. It's the seat and the power of the kingdom where Satan dwells. How hath the oppressor ceased, the golden city ceased? The Lord hath broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He smote the people in wrath. This is speaking the king of Babylon. With a continual stroke, he that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and none hindereth. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Now I'm going to try and explain some of this to you tonight. And then uh, the main point I want to make is, is still a little bit in the future of this lesson. So just bear with me. What I'm trying to set up for you is that in Scripture, Babylon represents hell. That's why when we get to Revelation, partway in Revelation, it speaks about Babylon falling prophetically. Does anyone know when Babylon fell? Well, I'll tell you, it was when Jesus died. Where did he go? He went to hell. And the Bible says that he led captivity captive. That means he released all of the righteous dead that had gone to the grave. And the Bible speaks in Revelation that now Babylon is just the home of, of spirits and demons. See... Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And I'm going to go into a little bit of detail about that before I get to my main point, because this has to do with where we are on the prophetic timeline. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, Wherefore he saith, this is speaking about Jesus, 
When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. This means the very reason he came was to take back and destroy the kingdom of Babylon. That's why he came. That's why he became sin offering. That's why he who knew no sin became sin and gave gifts unto men. When he, when he resurrected, what did he tell his disciples to do in John? He told them to go and wait until you get endued with power. In other words, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus in Matthew 27, 15 said, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. Matthew 27, 51, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. And the next verse says, and the graves were opened. You know what he did? He destroyed the power of, of Satan over death. The Bible tells us, if you believe it, that we are passed from death unto life. That we just go through a change. If you're filled with the Spirit, you don't die. Yes, this vessel, this dust goes back to dust, but your soul now goes to the throne room of God. That's what Paul tells us. He says, to be absent in the flesh is to be one. The question is, do we believe it? Amen. Do we believe it? It says the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. Verse 53. And came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when did Babylon fall? Well, it's, I believe, when Jesus died and went down there. And the Bible said he spoiled. He made an open show of Satan, triumphing over him. That was his reason to come. Remember in Isaiah 61 when he went into the, into the synagogue and they gave him the scroll of Isaiah. And it says this what? What does it start off by saying? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to do what? And to, goes on to say to set at liberty... Then that are bound and to open the, the doors of the prison. That's what he came to do the first time. Is to, is to release all the righteous dead to destroy the power of Babylon, the king of Babylon. Revelation 18.2 And he cried mightily with a strong voice saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils. If, if he released all the righteous dead, who would be left? devils and the hold of every foul spirit and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird Matthew 16:18 says and say unto thee that thou art Peter speaking about Peter as which is Cephas and upon this rock speaking now about himself I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail the church is not going to be going to hell the gates of hell cannot keep us down Amen. Do you understand that? The gates of hell have been destroyed when the church began. When Jesus died, he went down there and he said when he arose, he has the keys of what? Let me say that again louder. I heard you, Sister Mary. Death and So Jesus has the keys to both death and hell. Now, if you believe that, you'd all be saying amen. Amen. Do you understand what that means? That he has the keys to death and hell. Now, now we're getting to somewhere where I was going. So he has the keys to death and hell. That means he released the righteous dead and everything else that was down there is still locked up. Do you understand that? Jesus said, I have the keys to death and hell. Amen. So now we know that in Revelation, after the rapture, that... The abyss, hell if you want to call it, is going to be opened up. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen. So Babylon, when it's speaking about Babylon in the book of Revelation, I believe and teach that it is really uh, meaning literal hell. Amen. So what we're going to look at now is something that is happening Right now, okay? 1 Corinthians 10.4 And all did drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock, and the rock that followed them, Paul is saying the rock was who? So when he said, upon this rock, he was not meaning Peter. 
Peter means a small stone or pebble. The rock that followed them in the wilderness was not a small stone or pebble. It was something huge out of which gallons and gallons of water poured enough to, to, to uh, satisfy a huge population when Moses struck it. So Christ is the rock and upon this rock he was going to build his church and the gates of hell were not going to prevail. We see that again in the vision of Daniel in Daniel chapter 2 where Daniel is given a vision of all the world ruling kingdoms. And it comes down to the time of the ten toes. And then Daniel sees a stone, a rock, cut out of a mountain without hands and it comes and it smites the the image in the feet and grows into a huge mountain and it lasts forever. So now let us go into Revelation. We're going to look at some things because although Jesus released all the righteous dead, the Bible tells us that in the time of the end, that key is going to be given to someone or given so that these beings and all these spirits that are down there are going to be released. That is the time you do not want to be on earth. Revelation 9.11 And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. And in the Greek tongue, it's Apollyon. Everyone know what that, that word means? Destruction or destroyer. It's important that you remember that because I'm going to come back and ask you that. Abaddon means destruction. The name of that king is destruction or destroyer. Remember that, okay? Now, we know that in Job, it speaks about hell. It says, hell is naked before him and destruction hath no covering. Now, in the Hebrew, what does this, what's the word for destruction? Abaddon. So you could either use it as a proper name, and what it's saying is hell is naked before him, and Abaddon hath no covering. And of course, we know that Satan too lost his covering when he sinned. So the word for destruction in Hebrew is Abaddon. Now, now I'm going to take a little diversion because I, I, um, you're going to have a little bit of a science lesson tonight as well because I'm going somewhere with this. I said all of this to lead up to uh, this point here because the Bible tells us that space is actually just like a fabric. The Bible tells us that it can be rolled up. And I want you to see what the scientists have to say about that right now. Let me see if I can get this to play. play. That's someone's phone. Oh. So science has come to the conclusion that empty space is not actually empty space, but space is just like a fabric that can be rolled up. And that's what the Bible has said for thousands of years. In Isaiah chapter 34 and 4 it says, And all the host of heaven shall be dissolved, and the heaven shall be rolled together as a scroll. The Bible has been saying that what we call empty space is not exactly empty, but it has got some kind of tangible fabric to it, which the scientists have concluded uh, and agree with that now, that it is got something tangible there. And all the host shall fall down as a leaf falleth off from the vine and as a falling fig from the fig tree. So the Bible speaks about space as being something that has uh, attributes. It's got some tangible qualities. When, we, when scientists now speak about empty space, they don't actually believe it's empty. It still has what they call energy in there. There's energy, and that energy makes the space bend. Just as the Bible says that the heavens shall be rolled together as a scroll. Now, in Revelation, something strange happens during this time, and I'm going to read it, and then we'll come back to that. It says, and he saw the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth, and to him was given the key. Remember, when Jesus arose, he said, I have the key 
But for the purposes of his fulfillment of prophecy, the key is given to something or someone to open the abyss. To open the abyss. To him was given the key of the bottomless pit. In Isaiah 14, 15, I read, I read to you the scripture that prophesied that Satan would be brought down to hell. And in Ezekiel 31, 17, it says, They also went down into hell with him unto them that be slain with the sword, and they that were his arm that dwelt under the shadow in the midst of the heathen. Now, I'm going to try and come back and explain this. So let's go on. I'm hoping this one will, will work here. From far away, stars are tiny points of light. But up close, stars are massive, seeding, fiery balls of burning gas. This fierce display does not last forever. Eventually, the nuclear fusion which powers the star will burn all its fuel. Gravity then collapses the remaining matter together. For very large stars, what happens next is a display of extremes. First, the star explodes in a supernova, scattering much of its matter throughout the universe. For a brief moment, the dying star outshines its entire galaxy. But once the light fades and darkness returns, the remaining matter forms an object so dense that anything that gets too close will completely disappear from view. This is a black hole. originated hundreds of years ago. In 1687, Isaac Newton published his landmark work known as the Principia. Here, he detailed his laws of motion and the universal law of gravitation. Using a thought experiment involving a cannon placed on a very tall mountain, Newton derived the notion of escape velocity. This is a launch speed required to break free from the pull of gravity. In 1783, the English clergyman John Mitchell found that a star 500 times larger than our sun would have an escape velocity greater than the speed of light. He called these giant objects dark stars because they could not emit starlight. This okay. idea lay dormant for more than a century. Okay. Then in the early 20th century, Albert Einstein developed two theories of relativity that changed our view of space and time. The special theory and the general theory. The special theory is famous for the equation E equals mc squared. The general theory painted a new and different picture of gravity. According to the general theory of relativity, matter and energy bend space and time. Because of this, objects which travel near a large mass will appear to move along a curved path because of the bending in space-time. We call this effect gravity. One consequence of this idea is that light is also affected by gravity. After all, if space-time is curved, then everything must follow along a curved path, including light. Einstein published his general theory of relativity in 1915. And while Newton's theory of gravity could be expressed using a simple formula, Einstein's theory required a set of complex equations known as the field equations. Only a few months after Einstein's publication, the German scientist Karl Schwarzschild found a surprising solution. According to the field equations, an extremely dense ball of matter creates a spherical region in space where nothing can escape, not even light. A curious result, but did such things actually exist? Okay, so I'm going to recap all of that so you could, uh, for you, those who forgot your high school physics. So what they, what they found is that gravity can get so strong to the point where even light cannot shine from it. And as you said, they call those dark stars. Does that ring a bell in Revelation? Does that ring a bell? He said, I, I saw a star fall from heaven, and he was given the key. Now, what they're trying to do, uh, what they're trying to do right now in physics is trying to understand the nature of reality and to probe what space and gravity and atoms and mass is. And to do that, what they do is they, they take some very subatomic particles and they 
make them go faster and faster through using electromagnets in a circle and they get them up to very high speeds and they smash them together. And in doing so, they're putting enormous energy into a very small uh, spot of space. And in doing so, they're trying to smash the fabric of space. So there's a, there's a physics organization in Europe called CERN, and I'm not going to go into the name, what the, the letters mean, but it, it, it's a collaboration of nearly all of the European nations, about 27 of them, and America, and they funded this machine called the Large Hadron Collider, LHC, and it's, it doesn't really give a good size on that on the map, but it's more than 27 miles around, so it's huge. And the ring that they use is buried underground, about 300 feet underground. And it opened in, I think, 2005 or 2006. And each year they've been slowly increasing the amount of energy that they put into this thing. Now, the last time it was running was when I did this Bible study the last time, which was about uh, in 2017, 2018. And they... They smashed all of these particles together to create um, some, some other uh, particles which they're looking for to explain their theories. But one of the dangers that they have in doing this is that they might be able to, some people think, create uh, what we were talking about or what the scientist was talking about. They're called a black hole. So let me just read a little bit about this, this organization. Now... The name of them is CERN, and if you look on that emblem there, that is their emblem. That is their charter. Anyone know anything? Look at that, and, and does anything spring to mind about that? Yes, it's sixes. It's three sixes at different angles. Uh, but that's what it is. That's their, that's their charter. Uh, it's called the European Organization for Nuclear Research. And they have over 20,000 engineers and scientists working on this huge machine that costs billions and billions to make. And uh, they, they had it running about three years ago. And the reason why I'm teaching this tonight is because they just turned it on again this week uh, after t having it shut down for about three years while they made massive changes to try and increase the power of it. So that's what it looks like underneath in the, in the tunnel um, where they have a huge ring that runs 27 miles underneath the ground over in the border between Switzerland and uh, France in Geneva. And they are about to turn it on again because they've just boosted the power and they're hoping to see what they find. They're hoping to see what they find when they smash these, these particles together. Now, there have been rumors that they have found stuff before. And I just want to show you that really what the, what the three rings are, are three sixes, just rotated round at an angle, so unless you understand it. Now, just at the entrance to CERN is a tunnel that was man-made and was built five years ago when I did this Bible study. It's the world's longest and deepest tunnel that goes under the Swiss Alps, and it's called the Gotthard Tunnel. Now, when they opened this tunnel, which runs all the way to the CERN, to where this machine is, they had all of the leadership of Europe, prime ministers, presidents, everybody, come to the opening of this uh, tunnel that leads to CERN. And they had what I can only call an occult or an occult ceremony that lasted about three, four hours. Uh, I'll show you some of the images. That was the principal image, which was uh, like a goat demon and uh, all kinds of other strange things. I'm going to show you a little clip of the opening ceremony, which it was really bizarre and made no sense unless you understood it in terms of satanic or demonic influence. In fact, I really can't show you much of it because much of it is somewhat... Um, they had naked people.
on that screen is a mountain and they're going to show them digging the tunnel. This was the opening ceremony. This was an official opening ceremony for this tunnel that runs to CERN. You notice the wings? There were all of the leadership of all the 27 countries there. So, and I, it goes on for hours and hours, and they do all kinds of other occult things, and uh, I won't, won't go into details. But now here's the other interesting thing. At the, the, here we're being given little clues. At the entrance to the organization CERN, they placed a statue and the statue was given by the Indian government, and the name of the statue is Shiva, the Indian god of destruction. And so that statue now stands at the entrance to CERN in Geneva. And then the other day, some people came, and I didn't put it on here, but you can go look it up on YouTube if you want to. And at midnight, they performed a ritual sacrifice in front of this statue at CERN. This happened just this week. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, or destruction, but in the Greek tongue hath the name Apollon. What we're seeing is things getting set up for some of these prophecies to be fulfilled. Now, what are the chances, coincidentally, that the statue that would be put in front of this thing with the symbol of the sixes would be the name for the Hebrew for the Indian god Shiva, which means destruction, where this LHC is trying to open a dimensional rift in space, which the Bible prophesies is going to happen. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power as scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt of the grass, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which had not the seal of God in their forehead. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but they should be tormented five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion. Now we know that symbolically these are spirits, because Jesus, when he sent the, 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 the disciples out and they came back, they rejoiced that they had power over scorpions, right? So we know that this is speaking of de demonic beings. See, what's going to happen and why this earth is going to be in so much trouble is that the abyss is going to be opened. And the billions and billions of, of beings that have been locked up are going to be let loose. Verse 6, and in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it and shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. And it goes on to describe the, the shape of some of those beings. Now you notice there were three things that looked like beetles. I don't know if you saw it on, that were crawling up the face when they did this, I don't know what, what you want to call it, but this recreation of the tunnel being opened. And you saw that the face that was, when they did open the tunnel, was of a goat figure that had fire and red. You saw all of that, right? Now that's on YouTube. You can go and look it up. I'm not making this up. But what we're seeing is the setup to prophecy being fulfilled. They had two ceremonies. One was outside. The one I showed you was outside. The one inside was just as bad. And you can see all the dignitaries and world leaders sitting on the podium. I don't know if you can see it. And then they had ritual sacrifice. They had a lamb and they had a, 
uh, uh, angelic figures and stuff, sacrifice. This was all played out supposedly as the opening ceremony. Now, this is dated from uh, this week, and it says, uh, ghostly neutrinos have never been seen inside a particle accelerator until now. So they're, they've been beginning to see things in the machinery as they boost the power. Physicists have detected ghost particle called neutrinos inside an atom smasher for the first time. This was this week because they've just turned it back on after three years of working on it. The tiny particles known as neutrinos were spotted during the the test run of a new detector at the Large Hadron Collider, the world's largest particle accelerator located in CERN. Here is another article which was April 22nd. After a three-year hiatus, the Large Hadron Collider is ready to start smashing atoms again. This article was just from three hours ago. Large Hadron Collider switches on at highest ever power level to look for dark matter. To look for dark matter. See, they have decided that there is matter that they can't detect. They call it dark matter. And they're trying to probe the fabric of space to open up uh, dimensions, maybe, where they can investigate what this is. Revelation chapter 6, verse 14 says, And the heavens departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. There are some scientists who are saying, you know, this is dangerous. And there are others who are saying, oh, no, it's harmless. We, we, we've got this under control. Nothing can happen. But I wouldn't be surprised, I don't know definitively, but I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't the key to opening up what we've seen prophesied in Revelation. And the heaven, that is space, departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. The energies that they're pumping into that thing is gigawatts and gigawatts of energy. It takes a nuclear power station to to run it. It's so huge, the amount of energy. Verse 15, And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and, and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us. I almost feel that some of what they're doing is already made a little bit of an opening. Just looking at how the world is going right now and how crazy people are to truth, where they can't see truth, don't know truth. The Bible said that in the final days they would be sent a strong delusion so that people would not be able to know what's truth. I almost feel they've already started to crack that thing open because of what I see. The last time this thing ran was 2017. And since then, you've seen how the world has changed. We had COVID. We had all kinds of things. And they've just, today is the official day. The, one, the last article I showed you was just three hours ago because you can, you can live stream and look at what they're doing if you want to. But I'm, I'm teaching this to let, let you know and to remind you that we are in the last days. And the mountains and the rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? See, judgment is going to fall on this earth. The last time, Jesus took it. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all unto me. He became our sin offering. He took the judgment that was going to come 2,000 years ago. But this time, he's already died. He's already made it available that we can be saved. And he has promised that the church is not appointed for wrath. That means when the worst of this happens, the church is gone. Amen? He has not appointed us for wrath. What is going to happen on the earth is for those who have rejected truth. 
The Bible says because they love not the truth, they're going to believe a lie. In the book of Daniel, it speaks about the Antichrist, that he will, he will worship a God of forces that his fathers knew not. In other words, power. He'll be able to call down fire from heaven. And we're almost at that stage. They're working on what they call hypersonic missiles and also laser-based weapons, beam weapons that can shoot down fire from space. We're almost there. We're almost at the point where Jesus said, except those days be shortened, there would be no flesh alive. So I just wanted to update you on this because I taught this five years ago when it first started up and then they, since then I, I've seen what I think are the effects of, of, of demonic, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but de demons really working even more. The only thing that's preventing this now is what Paul wrote to the Thessalonians it says that he, the mystery of iniquity is already at work. But he that letteth, that means he that withholdeth, will withhold until. There is coming a time when God will allow what Satan wants to do to happen. But he won't do it until he has taken his bride from this planet. Isaiah fourteen thirteen. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend unto heaven. You see, the pit that they're trying to go as, as the other uh, videos I, I played is they, they have this concept called a black hole. The Bible may call it a bottomless pit in which nothing can escape because the gravitational force is so, is so big. The other word for it was they said a dark star where, the, where this, what they call the escape velocity, the speed that you need to escape is even greater than light. So even light doesn't escape. So it's called a dark star. And I think that's really interesting that they call it a dark star or what they're looking for is dark matter. That's what they're trying to probe with these beams. In verse 15 it says, Yet you shall be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. That abyss does serve a purpose though because eventually the Bible speaks about that there is going to be war in heaven. This is another one of my favorite verses. Revelation 12, 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Amen. And it goes on to say, Now has come salvation. Now has come salvation. I really believe that that is the, the rapture scripture. If you could stand with me, amen. I'm sorry this was short, but I just wanted to give you an update. It's interesting that tonight, July, Tuesday, July 5th, they are turning that thing on and cranking it up. So I would say look out for more mayhem and stuff happening on earth. They're trying to open that door, and I believe God will allow them to. Because he said, I saw a star fall, which was given the key to the bottomless pit. They're already saying they see, they discovered some ghost particles, whatever that means. We are living in perilous times. The Bible said that we are to make our calling and election sure. This is not a time to be thinking about other things. This is a time to draw closer to God. But Paul says, as you see the day approaching... I truly can see the day approaching. I don't know what day it is, but just looking around, the last time they did this thing, since then, 2017, we've had the world turn virtually upside down. Wars and rumors of wars. And if I'm right, look for all kinds of stuff to be happening in the next year if they get this thing cranked up to, to where they think they're going. Now, I am not God. I don't know this for sure. This is just my observation that I'm sharing with you. We'll see what happens during this year because as the slide I showed you, they've just reached their, their highest energy they've ever been able to crank that thing up to. And it's supposed to run now for the next three and a half years. Interesting number. Interesting number. 
But whether we understand that or know that doesn't matter. The, the main thing is that we're born of the water and born of the Spirit. That's all we need to know, that we are a child of the King. Amen. And that He has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. And in the end, we win. In the end, we win. Here's what happens to that abyss. In Revelation 18.21, at the end, it says, And the mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into sea. Thus with violence shall the great city of Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more. Hell is eventually destroyed. And the voice of harpers and musicians and of pipes and trumpeters shall be heard no more at all in thee, and no craftsman of whatsoever. It says, And the light of a candle shall shine no more at all in thee, and the voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all the nations deceived. And, all, and in her blood, in her was found the blood of the prophets and the saints and of them that were slain upon the earth. So hell is going to be destroyed. That's what Jesus came to do, to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. We're going to close this Bible study, but I just wanted to give you this update since it was topical and in the news, and I thought it was interesting that they're going to start that machine up again. Amen. It's time to make your calling and election sure. Amen. It's time for us to make our calling and election sure. But we don't have to fear because, as you heard, they were not given power to hurt anybody except those who are not sealed. And if you've been filled with the Spirit, it's just like on the Passover night in Egypt, where the blood was applied, the destroying angel had to pass over. He could not touch God's firstborn. Amen. So we don't have to fear, but God gave us all of this so we would be watching and we would be ready and we would not be taken unawares by all the events that are going to be happening on this planet. So just look out for some more stuff. This year, if, they, if, if I'm right and what they're doing is, is what I think they're doing, look out for some more stuff to start happening. Amen. But you know what that means? He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this word. Lord God, we, we study your word that we will be prepared, that we will not be taken unawares. Lord, we ask you, even, Lord God, even as Satan works, Lord, that you work even more powerfully in us. Let your Holy Spirit and your Shekinah glory cover us, Lord. Help us now to see as the day approaches, to be witnesses for you, O oh God, to win others, to tell them of the coming storm. Lord, we ask you right now, Lord Jesus, to let our faith rise, hallelujah, as we see these prophecies being fulfilled before our very eyes. We thank you for your greatness and your goodness and your love and your grace. We thank you for your blessing, hallelujah, and all that you're doing. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.